Hey, let me share something quickly while y'all are getting your coffee and um, getting back in here, and then I'll introduce our guests. Uh, first off, thank you for letting us just navigate with grace, right, like this whole season. I was thinking about this during worship. You know, um, you know I just love y'all. Turn to the person next to you and say, my pastor loves me. Because you, you're here for what, is, what God's doing. Like, you're here for it. And I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but our church has experienced quite a shift, have we not? Quite a shift. And usually when God changes something that drastically, you end up with a whole different group of people. Am I, is this true? And you are, you're here for it. And I love that. And I, I tell you all the time, I feel like I'm a broken record. Because all I want to do is talk about Jesus and like words like repent and like the things that could make you think I'm a, a mad preacher, but I'm not. Um, and the Lord brought me to this passage of scripture early this morning. It's in Second Peter chapter one, and verse fifteen is the one that he reminded me of. This was my go-to my go-to youth pastor verse, right? And I know I talk about youth pastoring all the time. It's just such a great season of my life. I just and y'all are. It's like I'm youth pastoring you. I just don't maybe use the exact same illustrations, but. Actually, I probably do, don't I, Wendy? She's like, yeah, you haven't grown up at all. So it's true. Um, but this was my goodbye verse. And I'm not saying goodbye, but I want you to hear this. This is what Peter said. This is the last letter he wrote. He says, so I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. I think it's right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body because I know that I will soon put it aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. He has not made clear to me that I'm going to die. So that's, Peter was talking about physical death, but I'm not talking about that. And here's the verse. I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. And I feel like, you know, we talk about last days and end times. Um, and we don't do that like we're, we're not the, like the timeline chart church. You know what I'm talking about? Like there's people that have these end time charts. I'm not saying those are bad. That's just not who I am. I'm, I've never been that guy. But we know that we know that time is quickly, quickly coming to, a, if not the end, a pivotal moment before the end. Um, I believe that we are part of an end time army. I believe that our 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 teenagers, our our children are part of an end time army that are going to see an amazing harvest of souls at the end of days. And so I think that's one reason why God has us, like, on this broken record verse. Like, we just want to keep reminding you of things that you already know because we're going to have to really not just know it, but know it with what we're facing, right? I think it's so good this morning to have the Drapers with us because they just, you just got back. Like, I, I bet you felt like you flew in last night, but it was earlier this week. They just got back from going over to um, Romania and... Can I say it in the microphone? Oh, that she got to go to Ukraine too, y'all. See some people she loves. Um, but they're going to just share a little bit. And I think it's so good to hear from them. Cheney's going to share. Cheney Poston, y'all know Cheney. We love her. Um, so they're going to kind of do like, they're going to be the opening act, and then Cheney's going to be the closing act, and, and God's going to be in all of it. I just think it's so good to be reminded that the world is bigger than Albemarle. Amen. <laughs> I don't know what you said at first. You're speaking Greek or something. You're like, hey, 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 hey. The translation is, thank God it's bigger than Albemarle, right? But the world is bigger than here. And there is, there's real issues. There are real issues in the world. And he's preparing you and I 
for that. I tell you all the time, you may not be sitting in this chair a year from now. Not because you're mad at the church, but because God said, "Mm mm-hmm, set them apart. I got something for them to do. So we're reminding you of things that you already know so that on the day of that departure, man, you will know them and you will follow God with confidence. All right, that's a great introduction, isn't it? Come on, Drapers. Come lay it on us, man. We're so glad to have you in the house. We... We love this church so much. We were um, here. I, I was trying to think of what month it was, but it was about a year ago in the spring. How many of you guys remember us from before? We've been here a couple times. Okay, yay. How many people don't know us at all? So just kind of, all right. We love you anyway. We love you. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we feel like we fit in really well here, but I, I first just want to express such great gratitude um, for this church and um how you have just loved us, embraced us. We were blown away last time when we were here. It was right before we left to move to Ukraine. So we've been going to Ukraine for six years. Um, A lot of you know our story. It started with saying one yes to hosting one orphan grad from eastern Ukraine. It changed our whole life. You never know what one yes is going to do to your life. You know, one yes, I'm 45 years old, didn't really have time for all this. You know, was a children's pastor at the refuge and in Kannapolis um, with my husband, and God had other plans. We're just like you. That's why I was like, yes, you think you're going to sit here. You never know when God could change everything. And so we just have to say yes, like the every little gentle nudge. That's like someone asked me the other day, what's your definition of success? I said saying yes to God, like just the next yes, whatever that is. Um, so I just want to thank you. Some of you, you've been so generous, and we, some of you are even with us monthly, and when I see your names, I'm like, oh, my gathering people, and this church supports us, so we're so grateful. We want to tell you, I want to tell you quickly about our plans and then how God changed our plans for his bigger plan, you know. So when we came last time, we were telling you about us moving into Ukraine. We moved last June. We were to be there full time for a season to help our aged-out orphans. That's kind of our focus has been the kids who age out of the orphanage. The kids who were taken care of by an institution their whole lives and their families either abandoned them because of alcohol, drug abuse, very prevalent in this ex-Soviet country. Um, uh, Some of the parents have died, but anyway, orphans. Our focus was orphans and ones who age out. When they get out, they just have no life skills. They don't have any family. And how many people know 18 and up, 16 and up needs family? (laughs) need some guidance. So we were there to try to help make opportunities and um, help them because the economy's broken. There's already just a 30-year-old nation recovering. They were in major recovery mode. And now look what's happened. Look what's happened to this nation. So they were already in kind of rough shape, and we were there to help. So we had our plans. We were like, okay, and we felt like the Lord gave us so much vision in the eight months previous to the war. And we were, we felt the Lord said to us, do as much with others as you possibly can. He loves kingdom collaboration. God loves when his, bro- his kids play well with others, right? Don't you, don't you love it when your kids' parents, when your kids are playing well with each other, does anything bless you more? When your kids are fighting, does anything irritate you more? So that's how he feels about us. When we play well with others, when we play well with others in the kingdom, other ministries, other, we're not here to build our own kingdom. We're not here to build glow into this big thing. We're here to build the Father's kingdom, and he's like, work with us, many others. We thought it was for the purpose of all these opportunities. We had big ideas. I was actually really 
kind of proud of myself. No. I was actually really excited that finally I had a clear vision for 2022. I was like, oh, we're going to start this film school. We, we made these awesome connections. We're like, we're going to do this whole program all over the country. Like, we had this, these plans. But you know what? In his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. It's okay to make plans, but, you know, as long as we're listening and we're following along, he's, he may take it a different direction. So what he did was all when the war has started, you guys watched it, everybody knows there's a war in Ukraine, right? Russia invaded on, on uh, February 24th, and uh, we had gotten out before that. We'll tell you just a, a bit about that, but up until that time, we were... Um, you know, going about our plan, but God used all of those connections from all of our plans, and now we're all working together in this crisis. So he had a different plan, and it's awesome. It's, it's okay my fa- plans fell apart, and maybe someday they'll come back, but um, we, what happened was in uh, January, we contacted, we talked to our board. I'm kind of a best con- case scenario thinker. I'm always thinking everything's, everything's going to be okay. But I've been wrong sometimes. <laughs> you know, but sometimes bad things do happen. And our board was like, get out of there. And in Ukraine, the, the pulse of Ukraine was like, nothing's going to happen. Nobody really thought anything was going to happen. They, they kind of been living at war since 2014. Russia's been picking on them for a long time. They didn't think it was going to happen. So we're like, hey, guys, our board wants us to leave. And it felt kind of weird. It was like, wow, are we, are we wimping out? Are we, you know, so... We're still, we used to always manage things from, from America and take trips back and forth. So we come back, we start doing that. And so when the war started, we're so thankful for God's wisdom. We're so thankful we kind of got out before the mad rush to get out. And, um, and then it was, but it was on. It was like trying to, um, from here, that whole month before we actually went over, back over to Romania, it was like intense. I mean, intense every waking moment. It was like helping because we had people all over the country, had our, our grads all over the country trying to get people to safety, trying to evacuate, working with our fellow ministry teams. And one of our guys who you'll see in this video, Sergey, he's a pastor that we got really close to. He was like, I want you, this is, he said, I want you to pray about opening up a refugee house in a neighboring country. And Andrew and I took that very seriously, went to prayer and fasting, and God really highlighted Romania to us. So um, uh, I'm going to let Andrew kind of introduce into that. But... Um, Yes, this is this is kind of how our life has gone. Yeah, I just want to, you know, when I was, it's funny when I'm here, I felt like the Lord wants me to share something prophetically with you always because it, it's awesome because you guys are open to it. And I think that's why, you know, the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit move here. Um, but I don't know if you remember this, like when we came like six years, when we first started GLOW, I gave a prophetic wor- word about a tsunami warning. And um, we didn't really know what it meant, except you're thinking, the flood's coming. Yeah, we're going to, you know, we're going to go in the flood of the Lord, right? It's going to be awesome. Well, you didn't know that that's that pulling back is the first part of it. And um, but I just really felt from the Lord that the flood is, is, is right here, and it's, it's in this church, that God has brought abundance, is bringing abundance into this church for all of you. And it started with that when he said that thing about the triplets. You know, that was, I think that was the, the, the key thing that God is bringing a triple blessing to everyone that's sitting under this ministry. That you've come to, the, I'm just telling you, you've come to the right place. Um, you've come to the right place. And the, this, there's a reason for the abundance that you're experiencing or going to experience. And if you haven't experienced, you just need to put your hands out and go, Lord, 
This is promised over this house. I receive it in Jesus' name. So if you're not having that abundance right now, you need to ask the Lord and hold your hands out and go, I will, I will receive it right now in Jesus' name. So that's you. Just hold your hands out right now. Let's pray over you. Father, I just pray for all those who've lifted their hands before you and they want to receive the abundance. The flood that was promised six years ago is here. The pulling back time is over and the flood is here and abundance is here. Okay. There's a reason for this abundance. I'm going to tell you because everybody knows that has given their life to the Lord, who's walked the you know, prodigal journey. There's a reason why you came to the Lord. It was because there was somebody in your life that would not shut up. They just kept coming before the Lord for you. They kept going before the Lord saying, Lord, save this person, save this person. You know, it could be your grandmother, your mom, whoever it was. They just kept going before the Lord, and they wouldn't be quiet. And the Lord honored their request, and that's why you're here today. Well, in that same way, the, the flood that's come to this house is there's, there's two reasons, and they're sitting right here, okay? They're sitting right here. Paul and Wendy... And the Lord gave me a word for you guys, and it's, uh, it immediately came to me is that weeping endures for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Your morning is here. Your morning is here, and there's abundance of joy that's going to overflow this, this congregation, overflow this community. It's going to spread out everywhere, and it's because of your persistence, because you never stop, you never quit, even though you want to throw in the towel and lay it down like, this is too much. But because you kept saying, but Jesus, but Jesus, every time you wanted to, to give up, you kept saying, but Jesus. And this is the reason why all of you are going to experience what we're going to experience is because of your faithfulness. And that's, that's been the marker for us is y'all's faithfulness to us. So that's the word for you. So receive it. <laughs> so praise God. Um, okay, I want to tell you real quick just where, where Dar left off. So we're here in Ukraine, and, and, and like she said, we're like, we're partnering all, with all these people. God is connecting us with all these amazing ministers. Um, Sergey, who you're going to see, who uh, was, was a, you know, just a pastor doing amazing things like, like uh, Y1317, which I'm not going to explain that to you, but it's awesome ministry. And um, he's just doing his thing there, an awesome minister of the Lord. Max going into the Babushka villages, loving on grandmas, incredible. Um, there's down in, down in Odessa, uh, old rehab center, uh, ministry down there. God's just connecting us with all these people. It's incredible. And we're so excited what the ministry is doing. And then the war starts. And all of a sudden, it's, it's crazy. All of a sudden, these people that are just doing their normal, everyday, average ministry become these heroes. I mean, gosh, <laughs> oh, it makes me want to cry. <laughs> um, you're going to see in this video, like, the, the, these Ukrainians are the most courageous people on the planet. Like, they, they lay down what they were doing, the, their ministries, their everyday lives, and they're going in and, 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 and risking their lives to get refugees out of these villages where Russians have come in. And you've, you've seen what the evil that they face. And they look it right in the eye and they go towards it. I mean, it's incredible. They go towards it to save people, to take humanitarian aid in. And God, like, positioned us in a place to where our finger was right on the pulse of what was happening in the world. And so many people wanted to help. So many people wanted to do something. And we were positioned in a place where our finger was right there and said, listen, 
There's people in Ukraine that you can trust, and we're connected with them. They're a part of our team. So this, check this video out, and this will try to explain a little bit of it. glad a picture is worth a thousand words, and I know you don't know all those people and all the stories behind that, but um, I just uh, want you to know the body of Christ is a beautiful, it's so beautiful to see people activate, and that's one thing that happened in, in Ukraine is so many people were acti activated, and, and here too, believers activated um, to do what we're able to do. GLOW stands for Go Love Others Well, and um, where all of us are able to do that wherever we are. Um, I just want um, to sum that up. Uh, we, went, we went for two weeks to Romania, um, and God quickly opened doors to open a house, furnish it completely, receive refugees. We have like 17 people living in our GLOW home, Romania. Meanwhile, we have our house in, in, in Kiev, um, right outside of Kiev, and um, it's been being used for refugees there. So as people are passing through, it's kind of outside, so it's not been in the very dangerous part. It's been safe so far. We had some military doctors stay there. Right now, Sergey, our pastor, and his whole team of 16 are filling this house. They moved in yesterday for the whole rest of the month. So kingdom, we're so thankful that, like, our kingdom resources are still being used. And um, and we have our orphan grads, a family that was in Mar Mariupol. Um, it's hard to say Mar Mariupol. 
Um, I think you guys have heard of that city on the news. It was just pummeled, and we had our Maxime rescued his relatives out. So we have four of his relatives at our house, and his wife and child are getting ready to come to our house in Romania too. So um, that's just painting a slight picture of what we're doing. We're still loving others well, as however the Lord says in the moment. And we just thank you for um, your support of this church towards us, some of your individual support, and um, and we are just um, we're thankful that God would use us as a channel to like um, to get the funds where needed and and people are being fed. I'm telling uh, Maxime said he's never or uh, Sergey said that he's never seen babushkas of these grandmas. He said they can run, they can run because they were. They, they ran for bread. Like, they are hungry. Some of these people, like, our people who are in our house, they were in Mariupol, they were underground for three weeks in a basement. And their children had no food and no water. They had to melt snow to get water. And these are the people who are living in our house. So you look at these people who have been completely traumatized, like completely, and even rescuing them, getting them out. Maxime was almost killed getting his relatives. He followed an Orthodox priest in this car, and he told this whole story. If any of you follow me on Facebook, some of these stories are on there, but he followed in a car, met up with, met this at a broken down bridge, met an Orthodox priest, and he's like, okay, the Orthodox priest says, okay, we're gonna go, because there's mines everywhere. He's like, I'm gonna give you my phone, and if I die, call my mother and tell her. So he has this, this Orthodox priest phone. Well, they get through, and then they get stopped by Russians. And rush, the Russians stop, and they're talking. They're like, oh, we can take this guy's car, our Maxime. We can take his car and use it for some of our sabotage things, he says, and we'll just shoot him and throw him in the field. And the Orthodox priest says, he's with me. He's a servant of God. He serves orphans and widows. He's like, and so they end up letting him go. Isn't that amazing? He's had, like, multiple stories very similar. It's, it's amazing, God's hand on these people. So I just want to ask you, please pray for our, just a glow team, pray for the glow team, pray for those people over there. And, um, and our, you know, you've heard at the beginning, Chernobyl was taken over by Russian occupiers. And just this past week, he was able to get back in a couple days ago and they were fine. Like there, nobody died that we knew of in there. And it was so awesome because they, some of the, uh, like, they just happened to get soldiers that weren't vicious because there's some vicious, vicious soldiers over there, but they happened to get some. So they were able to get in and feed and get aid to our, to our, our women that we know. So thank you for praying. Thank you for supporting and just continue to pray for Ukraine. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that was an incredible part of it. It's like the, the ones that were in Chernobyl, because we, when we heard what happened in Bucha, we were like, oh my gosh, we're, I was so worried about our grandmas up there. I was like, what's happened to them? You know, they, uh, it was just terrify, terrifying. What well, turns out in that area, and there's a home that we're still in the, you know, we're, we want to buy in that area to, to help with the babushkas, um, to give them a home to be in, um, that all the, all the soldiers that were in that area were just 18, 19-year-old kids, and they loved grandmas, and they just wanted a place to sleep, and, and they didn't want to be there. And it was like, a, I mean, for them, it was a good scenario because they were safe. These kids didn't want to fight, you know. So, um, so praise God for that. Um, just wanted to let you know, too, everything that you see there that's going on, you guys are intimately involved with that because of the heart of this house. You guys support that. Um, and, and just wanted to throw this out there. If you guys have any connections for us because the need is great, and we, we know that we can expand even what we're doing. Our heart is to expand and to do more and more. And we just, you know, if the Lord is with you, make your plans big. 
and we know the Lord's with us. So if there's any connections you guys know of, any churches, anybody that will listen to us, please let us know because we're, you know, we get calls constantly. Dar's like fielding these calls constantly, talking to people, trying to figure out how to help them, how to get them out of somewhere. They're calling, going, please, can you get me out of this, this village? They're coming, and we've got connections to get them out. We've got, I mean, it's incredible what the Lord's done, but there's so much more we want to do. So, um, yeah, if there's any connections that you have, just come and tell us. And, um, yeah, so appreciate y'all. We really, what we really pray for us, because we really need, like, monthly supporters. Um, your church gives to us monthly, but we need, just, just the Lord would grow the monthly support, things that we could count on every month, you know. One-time gifts are awesome. We love it. But just, you know, things that we can count on constantly on an ongoing basis. So, so appreciate you guys. I'm going to pray and we'll be done. Father God, we just pray right now. And we thank you, Lord. We love you. You're so good. You're such a good father. You're so good, Lord. You're so good. And, Father, we lift up Ukraine to you right now, Father. And we pray, Jesus, that you would protect this nation, Lord. Father, that your prophetic words over this nation would be fulfilled in Jesus' name, that revival would come out of Ukraine, Lord. And we thank you, God. We know that victory is in your right hand and that Ukraine rests under the shadow of your wings. So, Father, we just pray, Lord, that this nation would be free from its invaders and Jesus, that you would expel them, that you would bring conviction on the hearts of these Russian soldiers and on Putin, that conviction would hit them and they would lay down their weapons they lay down their arms God and this nation would be free to thrive in you and revival would start in Ukraine it would spread throughout Europe in Jesus name we pray it and we ask you Lord and I thank you for everyone sitting in these chairs in this house God that you would bless them for taking care of the orphan and the widow and 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 these people who in their time of awful distress that there are people out there that love them and that's this church and we love you. We thank this. Thank you for all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Am I on? Oh, I'm on. Good morning, everyone. Glad to be with you all. Um, if you've ever heard me share before, sometimes I. We'll see where this goes. <laughs> we'll just say it that way. Um, I'll pray, yeah, to start. Yeah, Jesus, we love you. We thank you. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are our teacher, you are our guide. And, yeah, we just ask that you would, yeah, help our hearts to receive, Lord, whatever it is you want to speak to us. And, um, yeah, we love you. We love your word. And, Lord, we, yeah, want to hear from you in Jesus' name. Amen. Um. So I was here a couple months ago, um, shared a brief uh, update. Um, I came back to the States in the beginning of February from China, West China. And um, yeah, just really thankful for all of you, for your love and your uh, encouragement, your support, your prayers. Um, there was, I was definitely in a very, um, I felt very weary and exhausted and kind of um, like, Lord, what are you doing? And um, at that time, there were some people who were really encouraging me to stay um, in the States a little bit longer than I had anticipated. Um, I thought I would be back right now, <laughs> and I'm still here. Um, but the Lord knew what I needed, and he knew I needed 
some rest and, um, yeah, just some time with him. One of my friends, she um, just spoke to me um, around that same time. She said, you know, Chandy, the Lord wants to do more for you than you want to do for him. And, um, yeah, isn't that true? (laughs) Um, That he loves us more than um, anything that we do. And I love the worship today. I love the things that the Lord was doing. And I felt, oh, they're all like my word is being preached. And um, yeah, whatever I end up saying today, I pray that it will be encouraging and a blessing. And that, yeah, we all just yeah fall in love with Jesus all over again. Um, and I want to start with um, also a verse in Revelations. But um Last time I was here, these were just kind of the words I, I was just thinking that the Lord is faithful and true. And Revelations 19.11 says, And then I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. The one sitting on it is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. And it says, you know, his eyes are like flames of fire. On his head are many diadems. And he has a name written that no one knows but himself. He's clothed in a robe dipped in blood. And the name by which he is called is the word of God. And, yeah, the armies of heaven arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. And he will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty on his robe and on his thigh. He has the name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I just want us to have new revelation and just remember like this is who our God is he is the king of kings he is the lord of lords he is coming back and yeah I'm also like Paul I'm not like a end of age person but I feel the Lord is stirring that in us and I think there are some things that he wants us to remember and there's some foundational things that we need to remember like he's you know Paul said you know go back to our first love and there's some things that we as a body need to remember the enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy. He is the deceiver, and we need to make sure that we are aware of that, that this world, everywhere you go, everything is trying to deceive us. It is trying to confuse us. It's trying to put fear in us. It is trying to put doubt in us, but that is not our God. <laughs> Jesus came to give life and to give it to the full. And Jesus came to destroy the works of the enemy. And he has called us to then continue the works of the Father. And he's redeemed us from the curse. (laughs) And there are just things I feel that we need to take a step back. And I had this moment about the time that I was here. I don't, it was, yeah, my first month or so in the States. And obviously it could be very easy to be prone to fear and to anxiety and to worry of, God, what are you doing? And how long am I going to be here, and what is next, and even like putting China on the altar, Lord, maybe I'm not supposed to go back, I don't know, but trusting you are faithful and true, you know, and looking back at my life, and yeah, looking at this word, he knows, he knows what is best, he knows where we're going, what the stories of, yeah, Andrew and Darja said, like, he's, years ago, he started positioning them for a time now. They had no idea what was coming, but God knows. He knows from six years from now what is coming, and he knows what we need right now, how we need to say yes to him, how he needs to position us so that we will be ready. And we, and I, yeah, just during that time, I really just said, I am 
not bowing my knee to fear and anxiety or doubt or anything. There's going to be things I need. There are uncertainties, things that my, you know, just things in China in general. Like, I have a job there, and I'm not there. And, um, you know, just, yeah, I don't know. But I have really just made a decision in my heart. God, I am not going to let the enemy bring any doubt or fear or anxiety in my heart. And that is kind of a, a question I have for you guys. What are doubts or fears or anxieties or unbeliefs or whatever that is not in alignment with his word? That he is our provider. He is our leader. He is our shepherd. He is our counselor. He is our guide. He is our sustainer. He is everything that we need. And yeah, I just encourage you to take that question for yourself to really question and to ask the Lord, like, what are the things that I'm not trusting the Lord in? And, um, and I, yeah, so I encourage you to do that. I now want to <laughs> go to another scripture. Sorry, that was a very fast transition. Um, but I want to go to Numbers 13. And this is one of my, I realized I've gone back to this verse many times. And um, so we have, um, yeah, Numbers 13, chapter 1. And I'm not going to read, I am going to read portions of this chapter. And um, I need to find my notes on here. Um, so 1 and 2, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the people of Israel. So we know God is giving this land to them. So then they go and um, in verse 27 and 28, they said, and they told him, we came to the land to which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey and this, it's fruit. Wow, amazing. God is sending them the land he has for them. He's sending them, and it flows with milk and honey and fruit. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there. And so we see them. They go into the land the Lord has promised them, and they are scared. They said they're strong. We don't know what to do. Um, and then verse yeah, 30, um, but Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. Then the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. Um, and then, yeah, we see that, you know, God is in chapter 14, verse 11 um, the Lord said to Moses, how long will this people despise me? And how long will they not believe in me? In spite of all the signs that I've done among them, I will strike them with the pestilence and disinherit them. And I will make you a nation greater and mightier than they. And yeah, then we see that Moses intercedes for the people and says, Lord, you can't do this. These are your people. And all the world knows who you are. They know that you are the God who has led the people. You are the God who has saved them. You have, you're the God of miracles. Um, and then the Lord, um, yeah, decided he will not <laughs> um, do that. And then in verse 24 of chapter 14, 
But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land into which he went, and his descendants shall possess it. And, um, yeah, I think this just goes with that part of, you know, this story. We see that the Lord has promised his people abundance and good things. And, um, again, we can look at the external circumstances, and, and that's what they did. They said, there's no way. This, these people are bigger than us and stronger than us and mightier than us, and we're going to lose. So let's not even try and the Lord was, you know, so sad. He said, no, I have called you, and my spirit is with you, and you are strong, and you are capable, and you are able. And, um, and yeah, I, yeah, we look at this. I mean, this scripture is full of stories like that. And this is the greatest gift the enemy, or like the Lord has given us so that we can continue to stand in this in this world and you know it says you know we have this armor that the Lord has given us and the sword is the one thing that we fight with and it says the sword is the word of God that this is the word of God and you know I don't know I don't know you guys I don't know like I don't know many of you very well and um, yeah I just encourage all of us to really be reading in this word day and night meditate on it um, he says, you know, in Joshua 1, and he says this in other places as well, but, um, you know, we all know this. Joshua 1, um, 8 through 9, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. For I have commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And that is our truth. When Jesus left um, to go sit at the right hand of the Father, he told his disciples to go to the ends of the earth. He said, lo, I will be with you till the end of the age. And that is really all that we need. Um, I want to tell... yeah, one thing I want to just brag on our pastor. He, he, he posted something this past week, and I just loved it so much. And I also just really want to honor him. And, yeah, just you guys are so blessed to have a man of integrity and of the word and who goes after Jesus. And, um, yeah, he just, he just wrote, posted, said, I trust what the Bible says more than I trust what I think or feel about what the Bible says, that we need to really know this word. And if there, like I said earlier, if there are doubts or fears about anything, you need to say, you know, Lord, what does your word say about this? A few, mu- a few weeks ago, um, I actually had a situation with my boss in China, and she was very... Um, expressing her disappointment that I am not coming back right now. And, um, yeah, it was a very emotional situation. Um, and I yeah, sent a message and asked for you guys to pray for me. You guys did on a Wednesday night, and thank you so much for that. And um, I got those messages Wednesday morning. And, I mean, I was in my, my boss. She's um, a Mongolian Chinese believer um, she's in her mid-40s and has been walking with the Lord for 20-plus years, maybe 25 years. Um, but, um, yeah, culturally, there's a lot of 
um, differences. And there's still just, I mean, we all need to, we all need Jesus and we need to rely on him in the midst of disappointment where that maybe they're relying on me to, you know, be there, you know, for work or whatever that, you know, they also need to rely on him. And, um, but in that moment and even threatening like to cancel my visa, which I would have no way to return if she cancels my visa. Um, so really in a way it was like, wow, this is like, a huge thing, um, but I, you know, I read the messages, and I immediately just went in my room and fell on the ground. I said, Lord, like, you are in control. You are the king. You are the Lord, and you will, you've always made a way. You always make a way. Like, if my visa is supposed to be canceled, like, I trust that you have a better plan. You have another plan, and I trust you, and um, you know, it would again, it would be so easy to allow fear and anxiety and worry and panic and, you know, anger and I need to go fight for myself and I need to, you know, do these things um, or, I, or I need to, on the other spectrum, I need to please her and I need to do, you know, all these things so that she will take back what she said. And I'm like, no, Lord, you are in control. And um, that's just kind of like a practical way in my own life of how you also can you know, if when those things come, just go, Lord, you know, what is it that is true? The true is he's in control, and he knows, and, you know, he will protect me, and he will provide for me, and, um, and with that as well, I, I will say that, you know, here in, um, in America, I, I mean, every place has their, you know, special things, but um, I'd say it is very easy to lose your focus on the Lord. There are so many distractions. And, you know, I even realized, you know, I, you know, there are times, I mean, even looking at like a TV commercial or something, just, you know, everything is trying to pull your heart in all these different ways. And I say, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I would say some of you maybe just need to turn the TV off. You need to just, you know, in the evenings, instead of watching something, you just need to, like, spend time in worship, and you need to read because we need to be aligned with him. We need to be feeding on him, that this is our daily bread. And the world, again, is trying to feed us all of these other things that are garbage, and we need to say no, and we need to really seek the Lord in this hour. Um, and, um, yeah, so that's, like, the first part of my little thing. I don't actually know how much. I kind of think I'm out of time. But um, I want to give a couple little stories. Um, and my second thing I want to really encourage us in is that the Lord wants to, how, like, he's a miracle-working God. And, um and he wants to do more than we could ever ask or imagine. And um, I also want to just share a story about China a little bit because I um, thought that would maybe be good. So um, this is, a, I actually will share two things and I'll be done. Um, so my boss, um, this was a year and a half ago, or when I first met my, my, my boss's husband, he's a Tibetan believer. And um, I, we, were t we were in a prayer meeting online a few weeks ago and they said, you know, we're praying for the Tibetan church. And, you know, there's lots of, I mean, it is small. <laughs> there are a lot of struggles, but somebody said, you know, just think like, 
you know, I forget what it was, maybe, you know, 10 years ago, it was like, there was no Tibetan church. And now it's like, oh, there is a very small Tibetan church. It is happening. And so my, the husband of the boss, like it's a married couple I work with, the husband's Tibetan, and he came to know the Lord in college. So, you know, 25 years ago. But his family pretty much completely disowned him. He's the youngest of five kids. One of his brothers is a, a living Buddha, um, meaning I think that some old Buddha spirit now is in him. And so he's more special than like a monk or something like that. Um, and a few years ago, is actually right when I first met him, um, right before that time, he had gone to his mom's house, and his one sister, he still had a pretty okay relationship with, but he felt I needed to go apologize to my family for all the grief I'd given them over his, um, yeah, deciding to believe in Jesus, and so he goes to his mom, and she is, you know, in her 80s probably, and is you know, yelling at him and hitting him with a stick and, you know, saying, this is her baby, her youngest son, you know, saying, you know, I, I disown you, you are not my son, and never come back here again, and, um, and he says, you know, if that is what you want, then I will go, and he said, but if you ever need anything, please, um, please call me, please let me know, and um, so, com you know, obviously completely devastating, and that is what every Tibetan you know, is also something in their mind, like, I can't believe in Jesus. There's no way my family will accept this. And many believers have never told anybody in their family because they feared this sort of reaction. Um, and so that's something you guys can just be praying for. Um, but um, about a year and a half later, I was, and this is not to I'm, this is Jesus who works and moves and speaks. Um, and so I was praying for them and and I knew his story, um, but as I was praying for him, I felt like the Lord was saying, I'm going to give him the keys to the hearts of his family. And I was like, oh, that is like, <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, and I'm like, I don't know if I, I mean, in, in a way, it was like, I know that's what God said, but I don't know if I have the faith to really believe that. And, you know, I, I shared with him, and I drew a little picture so that, he could also remember what I said. And um, later, actually just recently, his wife was telling that story to somebody. He says, I remember my husband comes home and she's like, there's this girl, she's crazy. She writes this little picture. She has this word and, you know, all this stuff. And um, about a month later, his mother is um, like super sick and she's in the hospital. And these two women are asking her about her family. And she's talking about her four kids. And she says, and I have another one, but he believes in this foreign God, and, you know, we don't really, you know, talk to him anymore. And those women said, he is your son. He is your family. He is doing good things. He loves people. And, you, and there's are like also Tibetan women. We joke and say we think there are some angels that were speaking to his mom. And, but those women encouraged his mom to call him and said, hey, I'm, you know, I'm sick. I'm dying. Would you come? And so he went, and he and, like, my bosses, the two of them, for the last, like, two weeks of their life, they, they were there day in and day out, you know, ministering over her, helping her, serving her, doing whatever. And, you know, all the family comes, and, um, and with the living Buddha who comes. And, like, for the first time ever, um, Gombo is his name, my boss is the husband. He was able to sit down and share with all of them for hours about God and what, who he is and what he does. And they had all these questions. 
And then at one point, the, the brother was going to go, you know, speak to the family. And, um, and Gombo was like, you guys can go. I don't care to hear what he has to say. And they're like, oh, we've already heard everything he says. And they continue to ask him questions about the Lord. And he's like, we want to come to China. And there was just a family, like, moment of reconciliation. And, um, yeah, just something that's, like, so unheard of. Um, and I, yeah, I just feel like that is, I mean, I know, like, that is God's heart. Then there are impossible situations. He says, it's not impossible for me. I know how to change them. I know how to bring a salvation and to bring revival and to bring healing and to bring deliverance. And, um, and yeah, I have, yeah, I think I will say one more thing. So I think I might have shared this dream um, many years ago but maybe many of you weren't here, so you won't know. So I had this dream, and in my dream, I was, it was, um, you know, evening. I was outside, and I was, like, brushing my teeth, and I was getting ready, and I was kind of frantic and worried, and I see this tr- massive tree, and I see these huge flowers on them. And, um, and I go to, like, try to, like, grab this flower, and I hear the Lord say, it's not time. And, but he says, but what I'm doing is bigger and greater and more beautiful than anybody can imagine. And I think there's, like, some keys to the, the portion that I, like, I was brushing my teeth, and that I was, like, you know, I didn't have my shoes on. I wasn't ready, and I felt like, in a sense, the Lord is, like, my church, my bride <laughs> needs to be whole. They need to be washed. They need to be, you know, pure and spotless and clothed in, you know, his glory and in our armor. And that he is doing a mighty thing in the nations. And, you know, and I've heard, you know, many stories and there, yeah, many things that have been stirring in my spirit for the last, you know, year plus of really that call, like, this is the hour <laughs> to advance the kingdom. This is the hour to speak truth, that there is a world out there, and, you know, and as you know, I don't know, but that is confused. They are lost. They are hopeless. They are in despair. They are in fear, and we as the body of Christ are the message to them. We are the ones, and if we are not in this world, if we are allowing the world to also taint us, we will not be full of hope. We will not be full of truth. We will not be full of joy or to the level that he wants us to be. And I like really encourage all of us to read this word, to read this word. We need to know it. We need to be, you know, maybe some of you have never even read this whole Bible. I challenge you, start now. <laughs> read through it. And, you know, like there are other things like, you know, Christian books are good. Devotions are good. But those should be like on the side. First is the word. It it will preach itself. It is full of his love and his mercy and his grace and his truth. It will, you know, I've had moments where I just feel like where I said I came and I just felt weary and like I needed restoration and I just read his word. It is just like, I just feel like I am being restored. <laughs> like it is ministering to me and it is our medicine, you know, it is everything that we need. And so, um, yeah, so that is how I will end. <laughs>
And yeah, just a reminder, he loves us. He loves us. He loves us. And if you doubt it, read his word from front to back. It is all about his love, his desire for relationship with us. You want me to sit or do you want me to pray? Or are you going to pray? I don't know. What do you want to do? I'll pray. I can pray. Um, let me give you a quick ta- one takeaway that, that I love that Cheney was sharing from that story about sending the spies into the land. Um, so let me paint the picture like this. Imagine that I came to you and said, I'm giving you a house. I'll just give it to y'all, right? I'm giving you a house. And so here's, here's the address. And when you get there on the mailbox, it's going to say that the house belongs to the Smiths. You're like, well, where are the Drapers? Yeah, I know, but I'm giving you the house that belongs to the Smiths. And so you, they drive around, right? And they, they pull up to this house. They go to the address. It's a beautiful house. And look at the mailbox. And lo and behold, it says the Smiths. Dar turns to Andrew and says, this cannot be our house. This house belongs to the Smiths. And Andrew's like, but Paul said the house that he's giving us the Smiths live in it. Are you with me? I know you're lost, but here comes the takeaway. Sometimes the presence of the enemy is the confirmation of the promise. The story that she just read about, the spies went into a land. If you go back and look at the entire history of God's people, he told them back when they left Egypt, I'm sending you to a land, and he named every enemy that would live there. But their excuse was, "We can't. that can't be our land. It looks really good, but all the people that... God said would live there or living there. Because the enemy was there, they were like, that can't be ours. And I, I love that you're both here because our country is catching up to the rest of the world. The rest of the world, missionaries understand that the struggle is, is real. And sometimes it's evidence of the promise that God is bringing to fruition. In America, we just like it to be easy. So I don't know if anxiety, because you mentioned that a couple times, anxiety, doubt, fear. I don't know what obstacle you're facing, but sometimes the very presence of the enemy is the confirmation that you're right where God wants you to be. It's right where you're going to experience the victory that he has already promised you. He did not give them a land that was free of fighting. He gave them a land that was theirs, and he said, now you're going to need to go drive those people out. And I don't understand why God does it that way. Don't think, well, if that was for me, I wouldn't be anxious. Uh, No, maybe that's the sign, right? Maybe you've pulled up to the exact house you're supposed to be in. So I want to pray over you. Chaney and the Drapers, they're going to be here, like, while we go out and eat. So talk to them. This is why we do this, right? Get your food, bring it back in here, make a mess. We'll clean it up. It's all good, right? Just talk to each other. Get to know one another. Um, Talk with Chaney. Ask questions. Ask the Drapers questions. Um, if you've got kids, go get them first, right? Because the workers are back there going like, please come get you. They love your kids, but they, your kids want to eat too. So go get your children and bring them back out here and they can eat as well. But I want to pray over you as we leave. Those of you that are facing real struggle, right? That you would recognize the faithfulness of God in that struggle, right? Recognize it. I love the word, the word, the word, the word, right? This is the map that lets you know you pulled up to the right house. Okay, know it. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness here this morning. 
I thank you for just the encouragement that we receive just hearing about what you're doing in, in believers. There are brothers and sisters on the other side of the world. And I pray, God, that you would continue to provide all that Andrew and Dara need, that you would continue to provide all that they need to go love others well. I thank you for Cheney. I thank you for what you're doing in her life right now, that you have her right where you want her. I mean, it's so good to watch your daughter rest in your love. I thank you for the revelation that you're giving her, and that even as she spoke, I could just hear you stirring it in her, God, that there's, there's something coming for her, Lord, that you're planting in her now, and the fruit of it, God, is going to be tremendous. Thank you. You continue to meet her, God, as she just leans into your word. Pray you open up more and more revelation to her. For those of us in this room that are facing legitimate struggle, I pray that we would be the people who see the struggle as the sign that this is the land God is giving us. And we will not, as Hebrews says, be like those who shrink back, but we are stepping up into the place that you have called us to be. I thank you, Lord, for the confirming it in our hearts. In your name, Jesus, amen.